Who are the fasiqoon? Who are the defiantly disobedient people? Next verse. They are الَّذِينَ يَنْقُضُونَ عَهْدَ They are those people who violate, who break the promise of Allah. When do they break the promise of Allah? مِنْ بَعْدِ مِثَاقِهِ After making it firm. So in this verse, we see three descriptions of the fasiqeen. You can number it on the verse. Okay? Where it is written, you can just number it. Instead of copying the charts or the mind maps that I show you, instead of copying them, try to you know put numbers in your book on the verse. So for example, the first description of the fasiqoon is الَّذِينَ يَنْقُضُونَ عَهْدَ اللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مِيثَاقِهِ Put number one over there. The second description that's given in the ayah is وَيَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ يُوصَلْ Put number two over there. And then وَيُبْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ Number three over there. So, three descriptions. Who are the disobedient, the defiantly disobedient, who don't care about the limits that are there? They are, firstly, they break the promise of Allah. What is the promise of Allah? Or the promise that people have made with Allah? It is, La ilaha illallah. This is the promise that every single one of us has made with Allah. You might say, but I was raised as a Muslim. I never declared my shahada in front of 20,000 people. So how did I do that? The thing is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam, He also created from Adam all of his children, all of the children of Adam. So all human beings, the souls. And then as a person's time comes in this earth, the body is made and the soul is put into that body. Right? But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam, and from him he created all of his children, he asked all people, as mentioned in Surah Al-A'raf, ayah 172. You should write this down. 172. He asked them, Alastu bi rabbikum. Am I not your Lord? Who is your Lord? Am I not your Lord? And you know what all people said? Bala. Of course, you are our Lord. Meaning, we will worship only you. Now you might say, but I don't remember any of that. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. Because it was from a different world. Right? But this is a promise that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took from all people. And when... People come into this world, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not left them to fend for themselves, to figure it out themselves. No, He sent prophets, He sent revelation, He has created signs in the universe, a mind, you know, a brain that wonders, that thinks, that makes you reason. You may have heard of existential crisis that many people go through, wondering, why am I here? Where am I going? What's the meaning of life? Right? So this comes about why? Because you have this built in that you are a servant to Allah. Allah is your Lord. So, الَّذِينَ يَنْقُضُونَ عَهْدَ اللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مِيثَاقِهِ Which promise of Allah do they break? The promise of worshipping Allah alone. They break this promise. Secondly, وَيَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ يُوصَلْ They break what Allah has ordered 
to be joined. There is something that Allah has said that it should be joined. He has commanded people that they must join it. But these people, the fasiqoon, what do they do? They break it. Now what is that thing which Allah has commanded us to join? To connect. What is that thing? Can you think about it? Yes? Family ties is an example. Right? Family ties. Because silatul rahim, sila, same root as yusal, silatul rahim, joining ties of kinship. Meaning that if somebody is your brother, then you don't treat him like you don't know him. And you don't cut him out of your life because he made you really upset one day. So you're like, you know what? You're not my brother. I don't know you. Bye. You're like dead for me. No. You can't do that. يَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَن يُصَلُ Allah has ordered us that we must join ties of kinship. We must not cut them. We must not sever them. And also in general, good relationships with people. But when we speak harshly, or when we oppress others, what are we doing? We're cutting, we're severing, we're breaking the good ties that we have with people. And you know what? Many people make this mistake. Many people make this mistake. You know what? Every family has some problems. Isn't it? Every family has some politics. Isn't it so? And as soon as you sit with your uncles and aunts, or maybe with your grandparents, you learn about family politics. So-and-so does not talk to so-and-so because of such and such reason. You know, we have those distant relatives who live in that country, but we haven't met them or spoken to them in like 20 years. 10 years. Why? A disagreement happened. A fight happened. Or for example, people will completely get disconnected from their relatives. Why? Because of some difference in their thought, or maybe in the choices that they make. You know, even if your relative is not a Muslim, still you're supposed to maintain good relationship with them. Did you know that? Imagine, you know, Asma radiallahu anha. Asma radiallahu anha moved to Medina. She migrated to Medina. And what happened? She was a Muslim and her mother lived in Mecca and her mother was not a Muslim. So what happened? After some time, her mother came to Medina to visit her. Right? She wanted to visit her daughter. And she also wanted some financial help. So she thought, okay, if I go to my daughter, maybe she'll help me out. So Asma radiallahu anha, she went to the Prophet wasallam and she asked him that, look, my mother, she's not a Muslim, she's coming over, she wants to stay with me, and on top of that, she wants me to help her out financially. What should I do? What did the Prophet wasallam tell her? Sili ummaki. Join ties with your mother. Be good to your mother. Host her. Keep her in your house. Welcome her. Be kind to her. Help her. Yes, she's not a Muslim. But Allah has made her your mother. Now, if in that case, you cannot cut your ties, then in what situation are we allowed to cut our ties with our relatives? In which situation? None. None. Your father is your father, your mother is your mother, your brother is your brother. Now, 
there could be a situation where there is a threat to one's safety, like for example, a man wants to kill his son or something like that. Well, but if in a situation like that, okay, you maintain your distance, whatever, but you don't act like, oh, I don't have a father. No, you do. You are distant for a reason, but you don't live like you don't have a father. No. You acknowledge that relationship that Allah has made. The Prophet ﷺ said, لا يدخل الجنة قاطعون. A qati' person, a person who cuts off their ties with their relatives, is not going to enter paradise. Not going to enter. Because many times we have, you know, this issue that, well, my, you know, such relative is very mean to me. They mistreated my mother, and they abused me, and they did this, and they, you know, cheated us, whatever. Of course, there are going to be disagreements and problems over time. Isn't it? When you deal with people, you have problems with them. Isn't it so? If you don't deal with them, you don't talk to them, yes, you're not going to have any problems. But the moment you start talking to people, and meeting with them, and living with them, you're going to have problems with them. So then, when we have problems, then what is the solution? Cut them off? No. As easy as it may sound, you don't do that. A fasiq does that. A believer does not do that. The Prophet ﷺ said that the wasil, the person who joins ties of kinship, is not the one who does good to the other because good was done to him. You understand? Like for example, you call your relative over, why? Because they called you over. You give them a gift, why? Because they gave you a gift. That's not wasil. That is what? Being normal. Because if you did not reciprocate, that would be a problem. He said, wasil is the one who keeps good relations with those relatives who sever the bond of kinship with him. So wasil is who? The one who? What does he do? I just read the hadith to you. Say it in your own words now. Who is the wasil? That even if somebody's cutting off from you, you still do your part. But generally what happens? Oh, she didn't invite me to her birthday, so you know what? I'm not calling her. He didn't invite us to his wedding, so we're not inviting them. She didn't call me. She didn't send me a message. She didn't send me a thank you note. And so, I am not going to call them or send them a thank you note or whatever. This is how we deal with people. We do good to only those who do good to us. But the Prophet ﷺ taught us to do good to even those who don't do good to us. This is what is expected of us. You know, once a man came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said that, I have relatives and I try my best to be good to them, but no matter what I do, they always mistreat me. Does that sound familiar? Like for example, your mother says, share with your brother. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do that. You share. But then what happens when you want something from him? Never gives it. He never gives it. You understand? Can you relate with this? That you try to be good to somebody, but no matter how good you are to them, they always mistreat you. You forgive them, they don't forgive you. You give them a gift, they don't even invite you. You share with them, they don't even let you touch your things. 
You give them your things and they don't even tell you what they have. We go through this. So this man, he told the Prophet ﷺ that what do I do in this situation? And you know what the Prophet ﷺ told him? What would you say to him? If somebody came and complained to you about this, what would you tell them? What would you tell them? Stop sharing. Treat them the way they're treating you. Give them a lesson. Let them know how it feels to be rejected. Let them know. Yeah? The Prophet ﷺ said, If it is as you say, then you are throwing hot ashes on them. This is an expression which means that you're winning. You're winning. And he said that there will always remain with you from Allah a helper. Meaning Allah's help is with you. It will always be with you. As long as you continue. So the fasiqoon are who? يَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ يُوصَلْ You see how previously we learned they object to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. They reject it outright. And here they have a disagreement with the person. Oh, I don't like you. I don't want you. Get out of my life. يَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ يُوصَلْ So selfish. So arrogant. And the third thing that's mentioned, the third quality is وَيُبْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ they cause corruption upon the earth. How? Causing damage, disturbance, breaking things, creating unrest, division. Whether this is physical facade or intangible facade, this is what they do. Because if you think about it, if a person does not respect God or God's word, will they have respect for people? Would they? No. If a person is not grateful to Allah, then will he be grateful to people? No. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that such people are who? Ula'ika humul khasirun. They are losers. They're not winners. They're not getting anything. They're actually losing. They're actually losing. And what happens is that people think that if they're not worshipping Allah, they have more time, more freedom. If they're breaking ties of kinship, then they have more freedom. No. Khasirun. This is loss. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, billahi? How can you, how could you deny Allah? Those who read the Qur'an, and as soon as they find something a little difficult to understand, they reject it outright. Allah says, how can you deny Allah? kuntum amwatan When you were dead. You did not exist. فَأَحْيَاكُمْ Then He brought you alive. If He didn't make you, you wouldn't be there. يُمِيتُكُمْ And you know what? You're here, but you're not going to stay here forever. Very soon, you're going to die. He's going to give you death. And then it's not over. ثُمَّ يُحْيِيكُمْ He's going to bring you alive. He's going to resurrect you. Why? For questioning. ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ Then to Him you will return. So you have to face Allah one day. Why are you fighting Him? Why are you criticizing His book? Why? It doesn't make sense. ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ How can you deny? Look at yourself. Where did you come from? Who made you and gave you this very reason and intellect that you have? Allah did. And now you're using the same intellect to fight Allah. To criticize Allah? How long will you do that? 
you have to return to him. He is the one who made for you مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا Whatever that is in the earth, all of it, every single thing that's on the earth, Allah says He made it for you, O people. So He didn't just make us, but He also made everything that we need here. خَلَقَ لَكُمْ And you see خَلَقَ لَكُمْ He created for you whatever that is on the earth. What does that mean? There's two meanings of this. The first meaning is that He made it all because of you. Meaning, for your sake. Why? So that you could live on the earth. Because if this oxygen wasn't there, and these trees weren't there, and these insects weren't there, then how would you survive? How would you live? So even if there are insects on this planet, you know it is said that if all of the insects were eradicated, they were finished on this earth, within 50 years, human beings would cease to exist. Human population would finish, wiped out. Can you imagine? So everything that Allah has made on the earth, why has He made it? Who is it benefiting? Who is it benefiting? Us, people. So even those weeds that we find very annoying, and the bugs that we find annoying, and the changing temperature that we find difficult, all of this is for whose benefit? Our benefit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the earth livable for us. خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ And this is why we see that out of all the different creatures that live on the earth, who is most successful in the sense that can live anywhere, can survive anywhere, who is it? It's human beings. خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ The second meaning of this is, He made it for you, meaning for your benefit. And what that means is that you can use it. He made all of this for you, meaning go ahead, use it, enjoy it. So what this means is that everything is permissible that is on this earth. Like for example, if you were to go in a forest and you find this tree and there's berries on it, well as long as it's not poisonous, can you eat it? Or would you wonder, is this halal? No, it's halal. Okay? Everything is permissible unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited something. Write this down. Because generally we think everything is haram. Except for this, 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 and this. And poor me. Poor us. Everything is haram. No, everything is not haram. Everything is halal unless there is something about which there is a prohibition. So you understand that? Okay. What are those things which Allah has prohibited? We learn about them later, inshallah, in Surah Al-Baqarah. But here, خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى إِلَى السَّمَاءِ Then, He اسْتَوَى إِلَى السَّمَاءِ He directed Himself to the sky. Meaning, He made the sky. And we learn that He made it into seven skies. فَسَوَّاهُنَّ سَبْعَ سَمَاوَاتِ he made them into seven skies. And remember I told you something about the sky? What did I tell you? That while we're living on this earth, we cannot go past the first sky. So all the space that we see is what? All the space that we know of is what? It is the first sky. How big is it? How massive is it? 
if you try to study it and you try to imagine all the light years, the 70,000 and God knows what big number light years, it's difficult to even comprehend. So just imagine the, how big it is, this first sky. And then on top of that, how many more? Six more. Seven skies. And what does that show us? Who are we in this existence? So tiny, so small, so insignificant. Just imagine the earth and the sky, all of that compared to the kursi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like what? Something so small. In hadith we learn, examples are given like a ring in a desert. Can you imagine? A ring in a desert. And what is your size compared to the size of the earth? Is there even any comparison? No, there isn't. So what are we? Who are we? So small. ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى إِلَى السَّمَاءِ فَسَوَّهُنَّ سَبْعَ سَمَاوَاتِ وَهُوَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٍ And he is knowing of all things. Meaning his knowledge is complete, all-inclusive. There is nothing that is hidden from Allah. In Surah Yunus Ayah 61, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا يَعْزُبُ عَنْ رَبِّكَ مِنْ مِثْقَالِ ذَرَّةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي السَّمَاءِ That even if there is something that is the weight of an atom, somewhere in the sky or somewhere in the earth, it's not hidden from Allah. وَلَا أَصْغَرَ مِنْ ذَلِكَ even if there's something smaller than that atom, what's smaller than an atom? What's inside an atom? Electrons, Electrons and protons. Just imagine, even that is not hidden from Allah. Wala akbar. Even if there's something bigger than that, nothing is hidden from Allah. So then, when we feel too proud in our hearts and have the audacity to object the Quran or criticize what Allah has given, does that befit us? Allah knows. And no matter how much we deny, how much we resist, we have to ultimately go back to Him. So who is the intelligent person? The one who rebels, like the fasiq, or the one who realizes who he is and surrenders to Allah? Who is intelligent? The one who? The one who? Surrenders. So we saw in the last verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the seven skies. And we understand from that how vast, how huge this creation is. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has knowledge about everything. There is nothing the size of an atom even that is hidden from Allah. How big is this creation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fully and completely aware of? We learn in a hadith that Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he narrated that between the lowest heaven, meaning the sky that we see, and the sky that is above it, is a distance of 500 years. What is the distance between the first sky and the second sky? What is the distance? 500 years. And between each sky and the next is a distance of 500 years. Just imagine. What does it mean by 500? That if a person were to keep moving, 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 non-stop for 500 years, only then they could reach the height, the ceiling. This is how huge this universe is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. And we know only about a little bit. Our knowledge is so limited. 
we read a couple of books, we observe a couple of things, we watch some documentaries, we hear some lectures, and then we think, oh, I know so much. And based on I know, this thing that's mentioned in the Qur'an does not make sense to me. This is how we begin to object. Remember, our knowledge is limited. Our knowledge is little. And Allah's knowledge is complete, all-inclusive, infinite. And this is why we always trust Allah. We always trust Allah's word. Now just a couple of things from this lesson. I want you to find, because we learned about the mosquito, I want you to find five interesting things about the mosquito. And those five things should not include anything that I've mentioned. I already told you there's over 3,500 species of mosquitoes, right? I already told you that you'll find them anywhere on the planet. I already told you that they move their wings really fast, right? So anything other than this, five interesting facts about the mosquito. One more thing, which is that we learned that the fasiqeen are those who break the promise that they've made with Allah. The promise of La ilaha illallah. So maybe they say La ilaha illallah, but then in reality, when they talk about Allah, they don't respect Allah. And the thing is that when a person does not fulfill his promise with Allah, he will also break his promises with people. So check yourself. Is there any promise that I need to fulfill? And another thing we saw in these verses was that the fasiqeen, what do they do? They break their ties off, off kinship. So is there a relative that you haven't spoken to in ages? Hmm? Do you feel shy when talking to such relatives? Yeah? Do you feel shy? Like on Skype they're looking at you or on FaceTime, they're like, wow, you've grown so much. I mean like, please don't look at me. Right? And maybe if you're a boy, they say, Oh wow, look at you, you look like a man now. Huh? So people say things that may be annoying, but what can you do? Just ignore it. This is the lesson that we see. In life, we will see things, we will experience things that we don't feel 100% comfortable with. But we have to learn to tolerate. So reach out to a relative. Alright. Do you have a question before we begin the next lesson? Um, yes, I enjoy watching, his name is Neil deGrasse, and he's a scientist, and you can watch a lot of his documentaries on Netflix. Anyway, it's really amazing about space. We really know nothing, mm-hmm. and when you begin to watch his documentaries, you realize how limited our knowledge is. But then it makes me think about Surah Mulk, where you know, Allah tells us that our, our conscious will come to us very fatigued, and we won't understand it. It's so... It's beyond our limit to understand it. So I think about those phrases. Exactly. That when you start learning about space and and try to figure out and try to make sense of how big it is, of what exists in it, and this is just the first sky, really your brain gets tired. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Mulk that, فَرْجِعِ الْبَصَرَ كَرَّتَيْنِ يَنْقَلِبْ إِلَيْكَ خَاسِئًا وَهُوَ حَسِيرٌ Tired, defeated, your mind will be fatigued. And this is just the first sky. Imagine what is above and beyond it, all the way to the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here we are with our little tiny brains daring to object Allah's words 
and find fault in the Qur'an and say that, oh, I have a problem with it. It doesn't make sense. So these verses, they really teach us humility. Just relating to the verses that you were talking about before the break, about how far his arsh really is, like if you think about it, it's so far away, but when we think about the times that Allah is brought down to the nearest heaven, Laylatul Qadr, for example, or every day at the Hajjith time, we don't take advantage of those opportunities, but He is He is really very far away. I and mean, no, the arsh is far away, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ Right? You know, in a hadith we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the angels that call my servants or meaning there should be communication. So anyway, the angel said that how is that possible when there is such a huge distance between you and people? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that when they say la ilaha illallah, then they're not far. This is the gist of the hadith. That when you call upon Allah, when you remember Allah, you are not far from Him. Allah is close to you. You said the distance between the first sky and the second sky was like 500 years, and that was like how much, I don't know, if humans could move, but I don't, what did you mean by that? Just trying to make you understand what it means by 500 years. So like, right? Because generally we measure distance by miles or kilometers or something like that, right? But this is distance that is explained through time, right? As in it would take 500 years to get from the bottom all the way to the top. Meaning that distance is huge. Anything else? Yes. It's about the mosquito. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask, is it okay if I say one of the facts? If you? If I could say one of the facts. Oh, sure. Go ahead. It's The female mosquitoes are the only ones that actually take blood, yes. but the male mosquitoes actually only have plants and stuff like that. Yes. Because they, the mosquitoes actually need the blood and for the baby because there's some protein in our blood that gives... Is the baby yes, very true. That not all mosquitoes bite, only the female ones bite. Um, I was just reflecting on the idea of um, that was stated that Allah has made um, this earth for our benefit, or yes. what He ha- does is for our benefit. And I don't know where I heard it, but I remember somebody asking, why do we take for granted the fact that the earth is flat? And the fact that it could be an incredibly difficult terrain to exist. Yes. Um, And why do we take for granted the taste of food to exist? Food does not need to taste good, but it does. And so our current existence is based on uh, the things we take for granted as opposed to a reflection on what how bad it could be, but we could still survive. Yes. I mean, really, it could be so difficult to live on this earth, but... Just imagine the earth is constantly moving and we don't feel it. Have you ever been in an airplane that's moving, like having turbulence? What does it feel like? It's kind of scary, you know? You think you could stand, but you cannot. So really, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the earth is a blessing that we take for granted. 